0: Yes, you are correct. I am in the blend bar. Um, Although, as I'm fond of saying of late, it is just not the same without you. Um, Yeah, it's um, very empty. The coffee's not on. I could do with a coffee, actually. Have you guys got a coffee maybe with you? I've got some water down there. Um, You know, I I just can't wait until we can get back together. But, um, you know, as I sent in that email, you know, we. we can't get back together as we did do before lockdown quite yet. Um, we are looking, as uh, uh, as I updated, uh, to see how we can open our doors with the restrictions that the government has provided, and we will do so um, in a way in which we can be safe, in a way in which we can um, be inclusive, and we want to be agile about that as well, because you know things are continuing to change. But uh, we will provide a further update when we uh, open the doors albeit in a slightly different way than we are used to but do watch out for that and just want to say on this communion sunday isn't it just so great seeing everyone on that zoom call having communion it's so good seeing some of the faces of our church family and you know i i know for many of you it's great that the restrictions are easing and and hopefully you have seen someone i know we can't hug and, and all that kind of stuff yet but hopefully you've seen someone but what i love about Um, The communion uh, is is that it's a helpful reminder that we commune uh, with him and with each other, that we are a family. And I pray that that brings you encouragement this morning, wherever you are. Well, what are we doing this morning? Well, we continue, as Lissy said in our series, looking through the book of Acts. And we started this a few weeks ago. Um, Let me just say, if you missed any of the talks, you can catch up on our website there's the link da, da, da. you can go on our website and catch them up and i kicked this off a few weeks ago in fact the week after pentecost uh which is starting in chapter two and gave an overview of the book of acts some of the themes that we will see as we go through uh, and then I, I i looked at chapter 2 verse 42 and we looked at what does fellowship look like what what is fellowship and what are the benefits of fellowship and then two weeks ago um Chris Lane, our, our, our founding pastor, um, gave us a fantastic word um, looking at uh, chapter three, when Peter and John heals a lame beggar. But also focused on um, just after that on, on verse uh, 17 around uh, repenting and a time of refreshment that would come. And it was a, a, a fantastic word. Thank you again for that, Chris. And as I said, you can catch up on that if you missed that and that sense of boldness that came uh, as well with his spirit and then with his holy spirit and then and then last week richard continued uh, in the book of acts looking at chapter four with peter and john before the sanhedrin and once again there was that theme of boldness came up and just loved um, that that word that richard brought to us reminding us why and how we can have boldness in the lord and i'd encourage you again if you miss that to catch up and so where are we at this morning well next week uh, heads up fyi we have a youth takeover of this service cannot wait got no idea what they're going to be doing but they're going to be looking at Saul's conversion which is uh, chapter uh, nine and so really excited to have the youth lead the service and and so i'm in the middle of four and eight and i don't have time really to go through five six and seven and eight should i say there are going to be a nine so here's a little bit of homework do read those chapters before next week, and I do hope that you are reading through the book of Acts as we go through this as a church family. But, you know, I was praying about what to bring this morning, and, um, you know, I was a little bit frustrated. I said to the Lord, and I sat down to to, to write a sermon, and normally when I go to write a talk, I've, I've thought about it for a while, I've got a sense, but I had nothing. And I said rather frustratingly to the Lord, Lord, I've got, I've got nothing, I've got nothing to say. And, and God said to me, Mark, you've got my word. And... Um, That is true. I don't really have it. You know, I can read his word. And and so I think that's what, you know, what I want to do this morning. I haven't prepared any notes. Uh, Normally I have some notes and I've got some points, as you know. But uh, I haven't got anything. So this is going to be a bold experiment. Um, It could go drastically, horribly wrong, but I'm sure you'll forgive me, won't you? But I'm going to read, just read, uh, I think start of chapter five. We'll start there. And then I'm just going to just let the Lord lead and uh, and. I have faith that the Lord is going to speak to you directly. He, as I read, is going to just bring stuff up. And then I'm going to make comment as I feel led of the Lord. And we will go from there and we'll see what happens. So I hope that's okay with you. Uh, I'm sure normal service will resume. Um, but as it relates to today, we're going to do that. So I'm going to pray, which I think is always a good starting point. And uh, we will, we're going to read uh, chapter five. So, Lord, I want to thank you that we have your word. <laughs> You are speaking to us today. This is God-breathed, and this is your infallible Word, and, and it brings life. Man does not live on bread alone, but the very Word of God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that as I read this Word, that you would just speak to each of our hearts. Holy Spirit, would you just bring to the surface those things that you want to say to us this morning. You know, as it says in your Scriptures, this Word is for correction and for encouragement and for... So many things, Lord, for teaching us how to to walk the walk that you have called us to. And I pray, Lord, you would speak to us this morning. And Holy Spirit, would you just help me? Help me, Lord. Give me strength and just open my eyes as I read this, I pray in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Right. This is what we're going to do. Why don't we go to chapter four, actually, and I want to read the preceding section before chapter five as a bit of a run up. Uh, Why don't we go to verse 32? So that's chapter four, verse 32. And we'll read... We'll, we'll catch the story from there, where Richard le- last left off, and we'll go, see how we go. And I'm reading from the NIV, um, and it'll be on the screen as well. So, all the believers were one in heart and mind. I love. Sorry, I've just got to pause. Unity. You know, unity is so important. Unity, not uniformity. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. What is God's grace? It's God's empowerment to us to walk in all that he has for us and to fulfill the calling he has on our lives. Um, And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them. Bought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Wow, what a radical way of living. I mean, you know, it's, it's fair to say the apostles didn't command this, but they were led of the Lord by the Spirit to do this. Isn't that amazing? Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. What a great name, hey, son of encouragement, sold a field he owned. And brought the money and put it at the apostles' feet. And that brings us to chapter 5 Ananias and Sapphira. This is the story. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. Okay, they, they did the same thing. With his wife's full knowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself. This is where things start deviating. But bought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias. How is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Whoops. Didn't it belong to you before it was sold and after it was sold wasn't the money at your disposal? In other words, you didn't have to lie. It was yours. I mean, no one's told you. So why have you done this? What made you think of doing such a thing? It says here. You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. Do you understand what you've done? When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. (gasps) Wow. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me. Is this the price you and Anais got for the land yes she said that is the price Peter said to her how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord listen the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out also at that moment she fell down at his feet and died then the young men came in and finding her dead carried her out and buried her beside her husband great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events my my wow what a story hey you know i i kind of wouldn't have liked to have preached this if i'm honest i mean this is a good thing about going through a book like this you're kind of forced to preach the difficult stuff because i know you but i read this and i'm go my first reaction is man that's a bit harsh Anyone else think that maybe, or maybe probably just me? Dead? I mean, really? I mean, a telling off maybe? But 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 death. And the thing about that is, you kind of get hung up on that, and and it's not to minimise it, but just to say that we we stay on that, and, and we can't quite fathom it, and and so we kind of just go well, I just don't, yeah, I don't know what that is. It's anonymally. Let's just move on and go straight to verse twelve. You know. Because that's good stuff. We've got some more healings going on. But I think if, if we do that, we're in danger of missing out what the heart of this story is. Let's just recap what's happening here, shall we? So, you know, um, there was unity in the church. And people were led of the Spirit to, to sell their stuff. They weren't asked to, but they wanted to. And as Peter said to Ananias, it's yours to do with what you wish. And there's a freedom there. And people were, were, the apostles' feet. And we have this particular guy, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus. Now, you know Cyprus in those days. And, you know, in, indeed, still today, Cyprus has a very rich, fertile resources. Um, in fact, I, I've got a bit of Cypriot in me. I have family in Cyprus. And he sold a field. And I reckon, you know, he'd got a bit of money for that. And all of a sudden, we got Ananias and his wife, Sephiroth. And they are like, should we should sell. We should sell. We should sell. we got some land. Everyone's doing it. And well, you know, we should get in on this. Now, we don't know completely their motive, but it got to a point where they sold the land and they're like, mm, you know what, I don't know if I want to give all of this. Now, here's the interesting thing, you see. They could have said, I'm not comfortable doing that. I think we'll just give 60%. But, but they didn't. They wanted to be seen to give all of it. Why? Because they were interested in the praises of men. Well, look at all they're doing. We want, I bet, you know, Joseph. Well, look at Joseph. We want to have the accolade of men. So we'll say we, we're given all of it because then they'll be impressed that we ourselves have also sacrificed all. And so from this moment, we see that their motive was not pure. It wasn't to bless others. It was to be seen to be great in the eyes of others. And And so they... They conspire, to use Peter's language here, to, well, to lie. And then what happens? Well, they get found out. And they drop dead. Now here's the thing, and there's a few things I want to, just as I'm thinking, I guess I want to unpack. But the first one is, if that happened today, I probably would have died by now. I mean, that, should, that could have been me, quite frankly. I can't tell you that I have always had a pure motive for my actions. And I can't tell you that I've always done things to bless others and not for the accolade of men. I can't tell you that. And you see, I think what this story does in its starkness, in, its, in that shock, is it puts a mirror to ourselves. And we say, wow, you know what? It could have been me. And because of the stark reality of, of the story of the death, we think, well, hold on a minute. That This is actually serious. And Peter says, you have lied. This is not about lying to human beings. You have lied to God. And how many of us have lied to God? What does that mean? It means, well, yeah, we'll do that, Lord. Lying to God is, you know, we'll praise him with our lips one moment, and the next minute we won't obey his commands. It means that we'll give lip service to him. When he calls us to forgive, we won't really forgive. When he calls us to to live by the rules of the land and give our taxes or whatever it might be, it's, no, you know, we'll find a, a way to circumvent or whatever it might be. And so I think, for me, this is a, a bit of a, a wake-up call, which is like, I need to just look at my own heart. Rather than get offended at God for allow, you know, for, for these guys to be struck down, and by the way, you know I believe these were believers, and I'm, I'm sure they're in heaven, having a great time with the Lord at the moment. But rather than focus on that, I think I should focus on myself. And I think what's very interesting in this, in this moment is, you know, up until this point, the only hardships that the church experienced, or, or, a, a or a difficult moment, was from external—the persecution—and you know, Richard looked at that last week, as in chapter four, Peter and John before the Sanhedrin. But and everything's, but inside everything's going rosy; they're growing, and there's unity, and there's love, and all of a sudden they hit this bump in the road. And we read, don't we? In what does it say in verse eleven? Get great fear seized the whole church, and all who heard about these events what does that mean does it mean all of a sudden they were terrified of God no that's not what it means you see what this is talking about is something called the fear of the Lord now we don't like to talk about the fear of the Lord really in our modern day why because well it's much easier to talk about the love of God and that's beautiful and wonderful but you know if you read in throughout the Bible Old and New Testament, you know, it says in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the, is the, the root and the path to wisdom and understanding. And, and there are many blessings that come from the fear of the Lord. And what does that mean? It actually means an appreciation and an awareness of how awesome God is and that we do not want to do anything that offends a holy, awesome God. That is the fear of the Lord. And actually when you have the love of God and the fear of the Lord, it's a wonderful combination. In fact they go hand in hand. And I think that maybe here in this moment the church needed a bit of a a reminder of the awesomeness of God. You are dealing with the God who created the universe, a holy God. What does holy mean? Set apart other than. A God who knitted you together in your mother's womb. And yes, we recognize the love of God in that, but do we not also need to recognize that He is God? And I think maybe we're in danger of, of forgetting that. And we get so chummy with God that we're like, well, He doesn't matter, He doesn't mind about that stuff, you know. And, we, and we, we get so casual with God that we leave his sovereignty and his awesomeness at the door <laughs> as we run into the throne room. It's a throne room of God. We can, you know, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. And I think this is really speaking to me right now, which is, do I really have that sense of awe? You know that word awesome, we have diminish the, the sense of it by, you know, maybe calling a beef burger awesome or something awesome. But awe-inspiring, you know, awesome God. And in this moment, what happened, there was the fear of God came. And it's not like they all scarped because they were afraid of God. We read, what does it say in verse 12, the apostles continued to perform many signs and wonders. And, and it continues in verses 14 and 15. As a result, you know, many more believers came. They were drawn by the love of God here's the thing i'm wondering as i as i talk out loud you know we are we are in a wake-up season now aren't we i mean this was a wake-up moment for for these guys whatever way you want to look at it it's like wow okay something just happened here and i think we're in that moment now aren't we something has just happened here and what are we doing in this moment we we are waiting aren't we we're like we're waiting for the church to open again the building that is we are the church's people we're waiting for life to get back to some kind of normal We're waiting for the shops. We're waiting for this. We're waiting for that. But what if, what if God is waiting for us? What if God is waiting for us to respond on our knees and say, Lord God, would you forgive me? My heart is not pure. My motives are not pure. I have forgotten, Lord the awesomeness of you, the the fact that you are holy. You know, Paul says that we are to put on robes of righteousness. You know, there is a sense that we are to walk. And how do we do that? With the fear of the Lord. It keeps us on that narrow path. And I am just thinking, this is a really prophetic word for the church at this time, because I think if we, the church is widely, the church of, of God is widely asleep. At the moment. And I think it's. And that's not to diminish what God is doing in us and through us. I'm not saying that. God is doing amazing things through us. I'm excited about what He's doing. But I think if there's one thing we've forgotten as a as a people around the globe, as, as his bride, is the fear of the Lord. And I think we're missing out on something because of that. We're missing out on enjoying him in a way in which might be different when we come to Him in reverence and awe and we experience Him in that way. So I guess that's all I've got this morning. But I just feel right now that I, I want to repent. I want to have a sense of the mighty God of the universe, knowing that I can run into His lap as I do that. And that is just amazing, isn't it? And I'm going to pray now and it's just been a short talk, but I feel like we should just leave it here. That this might be a moment of repentance. And instead of looking at this story and think, well, that's harsh. Maybe we look at this story and we look at it as a mirror into our own lives. Say, Lord, what is it in me? that needs to be purified? What is it in me that I need to come and say sorry for? So we're going to have a time of ministry. How do you like that? (laughs) I'm going to just ask the Holy Spirit to come wherever you are. And I'm going to ask the Lord just to bring up anything in your life that you want to say sorry for. And I'm going to pray that the Lord would come in power and open our eyes to the majesty of God, the glory of God. Let's pray. Lord, would you come now? Holy Spirit, and Lord, I ask your forgiveness. I know, Lord, there have been times where I've had disregard for you. I haven't, I've said, well, you know, he doesn't mind. He knows I'm just human. And Lord, that is true that you know that we are but of dust, you know our frailty, but, but when we go out of our way and we, we kind of know, Lord, Lord, forgive me. I repent and ask for forgiveness. And so I want you to do some business with the Lord now. Why don't you pray? Why did not you ask the Lord just to shine anything in your heart that you need to say sorry for? Why don't you do that now? Come Holy Spirit. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would just come now and I pray that as a people we would know what it means to have the fear of the Lord, not that you want us to be terrified of you, because actually it's the fear of the Lord that draws us to you, because we are drawn into your presence, because we want to be with our awesome God. (laughs) And I pray, Lord, that you would take my inadequate words, Lord, and no doubt my poor explanation. Lord, forgive me. I've tried. And and would you just speak into everyone's hearts and bring clarity and bring peace and bring encouragement and reveal yourself and your glory in a powerful way, Lord. And I believe that As we do, there's going to be just a sense of your presence and your power that we will move in. That you are waiting for your church to wake up and walk in the newness of life that you have for us, Lord. We respond, yes, Lord. Yes and amen. And I want to say this morning, you know, if you've never said yes to Jesus, this is your moment, you know, that... What is the gospel that the apostles have been preaching here? It's this, that you and I are sinners. You know, We've all fallen short of the glory of God, as Paul said in the, in the New Testament. But here's the thing. We don't need to be perfect because Jesus, Jesus was a spotless lamb that died on the cross for your sins and for mine. And the only thing that's going to get us to heaven and to walk with him and, and to have a relationship restored with God isn't our works, isn't how good we are. It's because of the blood of Jesus that was shed for you. And by the way, that is such a freeing message. You can't do anything to earn your salvation because Jesus did it all on the cross for you. And I want to say this morning, if, 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 you've yet, if you can't say that you know for sure that you're going to go to heaven, that when that moment comes, and it will come when every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, that you can say, it's because of his blood, then this is your moment. I want you to just raise your hand. You can do it virtually on our chat room and the team will pray with you. And it's a simple prayer. It's just to say, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner, but thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. Would you come and be my savior, be my friend? Would you forgive me of my sins? Wash me clean by your blood. And would you restore relationship with a father who loves me? Oh Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, and if you're going to pray that prayer, may the Lord bless you. We're going to be able to connect with you and, and walk with you on that journey. All right, guys. Well, I hope, uh, I hope it's blessed you this morning. As I said, you know, slightly different approach this morning. Um, but uh, I, uh, I pray that you have a fantastic week and uh, that uh, you would know the peace and the joy and the protection and the provision of our Lord for you and your family. Amen.